0: On this week's show, going viral after saving a penalty from Adebayo Akinfenwa. We hear from Sittingbourne defender Harrison Pont.
1: I didn't really think all of this would happen just because of what happened on Saturday, but it's just a bit surreal, to be honest.
0: And on the move again, Canterbury City chairman Trevor James tells us why Margate is a better option for the club than Sittingbourne.
2: The decision to go to Sittingbourne, I'll be honest, has proven to be a bit of a disaster. We have lost 55% of our income through the turnstile compared to last year at Bathersham.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent podcast sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. What a week it has been with three incidents in the Eastman League South East alone going viral. And among our two interviews this week is one of the men who created one of those incidents. I'm John Fipsy. I decided not to gel my hair for a short pop to the shops today, only to bump into more people in the flats than I've seen in the rest of the year combined. And on the line now is the only non league expert I know who swapped non league for football league on non league day. This, of course, <laughs> Matt Gerard. How are you,
3: mate? Yeah, I didn't think about that. I suppose, of course, yes. I was at the uh, football league uh, watching Gillingham against Car- Car- Carlisle, yes. Um wasn't a very good game, but Gillingham deserved to win. But uh, non league day went well for certain other clubs. To be fair, mate, you haven't really got much hair to gel. I don't mean to be rude. Well, I have.
0: I mean, I know I've got a bit of a, a solar panel, shall we say, but um, <laughs> I, my hair's quite long at the moment, actually, uh, and I'm probably due a trip to the uh, to the hairdressers down the road. Um, so it looked a bit of a state, but I was only going to uh, to the uh, the budget supermarket down the end of my road, so I wasn't out for too long. But It was just bumping into all these people, and I was like, oh, God. Oh, god, <laughs> so What are they going to think of me? I look like an absolute scruff. But, Did uh, you ever li- wear a hat? No, I don't really. I'm not much of a, I think the, the issue is, is that I, I don't think it's necessarily a great look for me, but also, like, if I then go in somewhere, then I need my hair to look respectable, and under a hat it doesn't, do you know what I mean?
3: Oh, well, I, I do wear a, a flat cap, occasionally. Oh, of course you do. To walk the dog, but um, when I've worn it to football, people took the mickey out of me, so I don't wear it any football anymore. <laughs> oh. not, that I'm, not that I'm a sensitive soul at all no well i've got big i've got big ears anyway so i haven't got the head for a hat because my ears stick out so but a flat cap is on the bit when i'm walking the dog that's the like the norm i think isn't it so in those sort of things
0: of course you know why elephants have got big ears don't you matt why is that because noddy won't pay the ransom
3: (laughs) hey very good and you know what? i've got another
0: x-rated noddy joke that i'm going to say and i'm going to get the beep machine out uh why does noddy wear a hat with a bell on it i don't know because he's a f***ing <laughs> <laughs> beep 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 insert your own uh gag there and if you do ever see me at a match feel free to ask me the answer to that joke uh, <laughs> but, uh yeah, it's one of my it's it, that's one of my dad's favorite jokes um that one um it very much makes him laugh that one so uh yeah uh what is not going
3: well, well yeah not well i don't really know what to say to that john because that's you know i lose bad language but you've gone to the different level using language there <laughs> i know
0: i know and i do apologize to well it's only you i've got to apologize
3: to unless any of the uh impressionable gerards are listening scaplachi no. maybe but no no where well, the dog is the dog has just walked in and she is by the side of me yeah so um we're going to enter it Funny enough um we've got a she can't, hasn't got any tricks, but over the coronation weekend, there is a dog show in Broadstairs. Brilliant. So me and my youngest daughter said, let's in, do the dog. She doesn't sit or do anything. We just we thought we'd just enter in a dog show. Depends on what we could do. I've got no idea what we're going to do, but she will be entered to win a rosette probably. What, what categories are there? got no idea. It's just there's a, a fun dog show over the coronation weekend. and We thought, yeah, let's do it. Put her in. We could train her up um in the next six weeks to do something she'll sit if you've got a treat but that's about it and she can chase a ball all day long but there's no way she could run between sticks or anything like that and likely if anybody touches her she's going to go maybe it could be a growliest growl or something yeah exactly yeah so we'll see how we get on so if we can uh um yeah, a bit of excitement. So my youngest was very excited that we were in a competition. So there could all be these professionals and then this one growling in the corner. So. so if you think of any tricks that I should teach my dog, let me know.
0: Absolutely. Well, I know there's no such thing as cat shows because obviously that's the sort of discrimination that uh, us cat owners face. Uh, but one of my two cats does actually have a special talent uh, in that Ray, my, uh, my black cat, can catch dreamies in his mouth. So if you chuck him a treat in the air, he will leap up and catch it. Sometimes he goes with his two paws, grabs it, puts it in his mouth. Other times he just nonchalantly opens his mouth, lets it drop
3: in and then eats it. If you throw them at the other one, she just lets it hit her because she's thick as mints. I I do, one of the highlights when we take the ball, I think if you get a good bounce and she jumps up and catches it in her mouth, that is yes. You know, like i have got one of those bazooka things that they do at cricket. So you throw the ball, get a good bounce on it and she dumps up and catches it Though like, that is the it's like throwing as you said throwing paper in the bin from 30 yards if you can catch it with her mouth <laughs> first time so like, that is exciting maybe that could be the one of the prizes yeah, one of, absolutely. One of
0: the I just hope if you if you don't win the dog show that there's no one in an irritable mood at your house because you know it's just fun isn't it
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She'll be good girl. She's a good girl. We'll yes.
0: girl. Got team Latchy. We're all team Latchy on show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Podcast. Yeah, it's just really. If prize, you're a judge yeah, of this, yeah. if you're a judge of that show, and you're listening to this, team Latchy all the way. I want well, Matt I to, say, dog
3: to win something. I have to say, again, I don't know the, the coronation. Should,
0: suffered enough. He supports
3: Dover Athletic. Yes, yeah. The uh, test doing a, you know, as you mentioned, the coolest place to live in Kent, doing a lot for the coronation. There's fireworks. There's all sorts. So. I think it'd be quite a big event, the coronation, isn't it? I think in some sort of, I suppose, first time in 70 years that you've had one. Um, even if you, even if you are a royalist or not, it'd be quite a monumentous occasion. I would have thought, won't it? You
0: know, most of us don't really know what it's like to, no. to have a coronation, do we? So, I, and I know my mum uh, still looks back very fondly on the on the Queen's. Coronation. She'd have only been two and a half, something like that. But she still had a picture of the big party that they had where she lived in Sittingbourne. So you know, it's certainly going to be um a big event. I mean, obviously, I don't think I'm speaking out of line when I say it won't be 70 years before we have the next one. No, um but yeah, it should be. Uh, it should be. I, th- well, I, I think I I'm working all weekend.
3: Thought, oh, it sounds good.
0: Well, at least at least people are making an effort. So that's uh, that is good to know. Um
3: well, well, well yeah, yeah, be, yes. Well, and if I win a rosette or the dog wins a rosette, I'll be a very happy person.
0: You'll always remember the coronation if you do, exactly.
3: won't you? Yeah, exactly. Or exactly, if exactly.
0: you get banned from all future dog shows because she's beaten exactly. someone. Yeah, yeah. You she, know? <laughs> she's
3: kicked off. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, taking her uh, rosette I will kicked off Gets another dog. Yeah, we'll know that. So, so six weeks of tr- hardcore training to get her to do something yes uh it's our 250th episode this week
0: we'd like to meet up for a milestone but uh things have conspired against us uh so uh yes we we, it's an impressive milestone though And, uh, and you'll like this matt according to an article i found in the guardian from a few years back that 250 is apparently the number of babies that are born every minute equating to 130 million babies born each year around the world so that means Pretty much while I've read this paragraph, 250 babies have been born. Uh, so welcome to the world, all of you. Uh, I wonder if any of them might grow up to be a Kent non-league footballer of the future. Uh, who knows? But aside from that, 250 episodes, Matt, it's, it's, it's quite the achievement,
3: isn't it? That is, that is a lot. We, we, we really, 200 we went, we met up, met up. 100 was quite a big thing. 250, so yeah, that is, what 250 appearances. Well, you've done every single one, haven't you? So I must be about 240, but yeah, that is quite impressive. Under what the average podcast, how many do they get through. So probably if you'd have said to us, we'd be still doing this 249 episodes later, um, I would be impressed. Well, very impressive, John. And it's one of the most exciting season, ends of the season, I think we have for for numerous of our clubs as well. Never a dull, never a dull moment. I think I saw the um, folks in Invicta. Media man, and he tweeted out saying that um, he's so surprised there's no television on the on the uh, on the fly documentary about non League football because uh, there's never a dull moment, and I think that's n- never a truer word said.
0: Well, no, I think we've been really lucky in that you know we've got some really good stories going on here, and, I, and I've said many times before, when I first put this idea to you, Matt, I thought I, I thought you know we'd do half hour about the top of the non-league pyramid, and that would be that, but what's always amazed me is the way that we've we've managed to you know find so much joy in in the lower levels of the football uh the scaffold and and, and the Isthmian league and you know we've built some really good contacts over the, over the past six years and i mean i should mention now really actually uh that our one of our interviews this week has come about because one of my contacts and people will probably know who he is let give you a clue his team playing green and white hoops uh sent me the number of the, of of the interviewee almost straight away you know and and it's testament to, to what we've put together every week that we're, we're, we're in that situation. You know, people. I think people trust us. I think people get on with us, and I think we, we've done ourselves proud over the, over the past 250
3: episodes. So let's let's keep going and see see how far we can go, shall we? Well, exactly. And I'm, I'm glad I've um, looked at the Espanyol League with much intent over the last time because uh, I could be watching a lot more of it shortly.
0: Oh dear, that's pretty bleak, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> anyway, let's get on with the show then. And we can only start with, in fact, the Isthmian League Southeast, uh, where our team's setting up a ton of non-league day crackers. Uh, leaders Ramsgate were two goals down at 5pm at home to Hayward Teeth, but somehow got a point, including a stunning scorpion kick from Kane Rowland to make it 3-3. While Chatham goalkeeper Nathan Harvey scored and was then sent off in his side's 1-0 win at Burgess Hill. And there was also incredible drama at Salters Lane, where Sittingbourne beat fabersham 1-0 in a Swale derby. But the scoreline is far from the full story, as the had a last-minute penalty saved. The taker, football league legend Adebayo Akinfenwa. The saver, Brickies defender Harrison Ponce, who'd come on after Harley Earl was forced off after suffering horrific facial injury in conceding the penalty. And early on today, I spoke to Harrison about his heroics. Started by asking him about what the week has been like, being a viral sensation.
1: Yeah, um, it's been a bit crazy events going on social media. I do not really think all of this would happen just because of what happened on Saturday, but it's just a bit surreal, to be honest. It's,
0: it's, it's not every week a player playing for, for City goes viral, as the kids say, is it?
1: <laughs> nah, certainly not. Um, I don't think City Ball have really gone viral for anything that's happened on a Saturday but when something like that happens I guess it's uh, bound to happen.
0: So so talk me through what happened on Saturday and obviously your goalkeeper picked up a a really nasty injury. When did you know it was going to be you that was going to be coming on and and trying to save the penalty?
1: Um, Quite last minute to be honest. Obviously as soon as it happened the Gaffer's sort of looking around thinking who can go and goal and being on the bench I just want to get on any opportunity I can so I just put myself forward saying yeah I can happily do it. I've done it before. Some of my problems set in. Um, I and mean, then yeah, he sort of made a decision between me or Joe Alol. He wanted it, but he went out on pitch to defend against that. He went the headers and all that. So then he just decided upon that he had a goal.
0: And uh, I suppose for you, there was almost no pressure because no one's expecting an outfield player to save a penalty, are Nah. Well, that's the thing. Um I was gonna I
1: had my, my, my mind my main up the way I was gonna go and uh, the whole coaching staff saw my decision to stay nights nice on nice. us so we want you to dive that way. So I was like, okay, then all the pressure sort of taken off me. I'm not expected to save it, just if I go that way, I've done the job that the coaching staff wanted me to do and thankfully it happened and paid off.
0: And obviously that we haven't really mentioned it yet, but the penalty taker was a man that I understand you used to watch from the from the stands.
1: Oh yeah, um since I was about six, I've a season ticket at Gillingham. I had it for about 10 years until I started playing Saturdays regularly, with about 16. I think he played for us around 2012, 2014, some year like that. I can't really remember the league that we got promoted to League One. So I was watching him from the Rainer men play week in, week out, and then it's just crazy that I've got in goal to save his penalty.
0: Did he say anything to afterwards?
1: Yeah, literally straight after he's gone. I don't know how you've done that. You're not even a goalkeeper. Like he can't have been mad as crazy. And after the game, he's come up to me, shook my hand, and said, "It's unreal."
0: And uh, generally speaking, it was it was a great result for you as well, wasn't it? To to get a one 0 win at, at Faversham and maintain a good unbeaten run for for the Brickies. Yeah, definitely. I think
1: that's uh, now eight games unbeaten. Um, if we didn't get the win, I think we'd still be sitting about 17th. But I think that went to us up to 12th now. So we're looking in a good position since uh, Ryan Maxwell's come in to take over as manager.
0: Yeah, I spoke to Ryan a few weeks ago, actually. He seemed like a really good man who, who knows what he's doing. And, and I guess for players, you must be really pleased to be playing under him.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, it's good what he's come in and done. He's got us a good uh, bunch Always getting us together. We're a proper tight group. And um, it's just uh, very good since he's come in, to be honest.
0: Uh, And I suppose, obviously, now you're looking upwards rather than downwards. And I guess the aim is to to finish as as strongly as you can.
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, since he's come in, his goal's sort of been to get us into the playoffs as close as he can to that playoff sport. Obviously, it's been difficult um, with where we was left sitting when he come in. But we're just doing everything we can to get up there. Now we're sitting 12th. We're not too far off that midway spot. And then we're not too far off playoffs, really, if we can get to there.
0: And obviously your goalkeeper uh, actually suffered a really nasty injury, didn't he, in in conceding that penalty on Saturday?
1: Yeah, unfortunately, uh, young Harley's. I think he broke his nose, his cheek, eye socket, all little things like that. So it's really unfortunate for him. He's only 19 years old he never so brave coming out, putting his face on the line like that. Um, just sometimes with keepers, that's what happens. So it's unfortunate that's ruled him out for the season. But what the has done, he's set up a GoFundMe page for him because now we can't work for all the time that he's off engine or obviously not getting paid for football. And it's really good to see that people have been donating for that um, to show the support for him, really.
0: And for you personally, I'm guessing you're hoping that your goalkeeping heroics can lead to starting outfield?
1: Yeah, hopefully um, it's been tough since he's come no, since Maxie's come in. You know, he's brought in his own players. I've tried to do all I can to get into the starting eleven. I've been in and out. I've been out the last couple of games on the bench. Um, but it's just about doing everything I can to try and get into that starting eleven, really.
0: And I suppose just finally, obviously, you, how much you enjoy playing for City, Well, we know the difficulties of where it all is and everything like that. But it's a, it's a good, well-run club, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, I've been there um, the whole of this season and uh, I was there the whole of last season with Darren Blackburn. It's a great club. We've got a good chairman, good whole team around us. Um, it's been brilliant the whole two years that I've been there.
0: And I suppose you just want to, if you ever get the chance again, you'd love to repeat your heroics.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be too bad. I'm sure if anything ever happens in the future, I'll be happy to step up in goal. wherever i want on the bench throughout the field, forgive what's happened. I've got the confidence to get the gloves again,
0: that's for sure. What a moment, Matt, that, that is for him and for Sittingbourne. Loads to unpack from that interview. I really, really enjoyed it. It spoke really well. But as you said, no pressure
3: on him at all to save that penalty, was there? <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Um, it wasn't the greatest penalty in the world, but I think you look at Akin Fenwell's penalty across his career, he does that sort of funny little run-up and puts it, but he dived correctly and saved it, and it could be the reason that Faversham get relegated. But fair play to Sittingbourne, what a run they've been on! And well, again, he came across really well in that. You know, clearly he hasn't been in the team, but he's part of the, the new Sittingbourne. Um, Ryan Maxwell, I think, is a good manager, clearly seen by the results, and that is a real coup for 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 Sittingbourne. But yeah. Uh, what the, the buzz he must have got from saving that from Akin Fenwar must have been uh, phenomenal. So what a story. I didn't know. We knew Akin Fenwell had missed the last minute penalty, but we didn't know um, that it uh, was saved by an outfield player until you told me. So absolutely fantastic.
0: I mean, it's it's a brilliant story, and especially the fact that he's he was a Gillingham season ticket holder. You know, he's watched Akin Fenmer playing for Gillingham. Now he's on the pitch and saved a penalty from him, and he's not even a goalkeeper. I mean, it's just it's just one of those stories that's just really really feel good, isn't it? And, and and that sums up non-league football. You know, there's a few things knocking around. I don't know if you've seen. There's a lad over at Walton and Hershey, who scored four hat tricks in a row, and that's a record as well. Obviously, Kane Rowland's goal, and, and they're the sort of things that just put a smile on your face. I and mean, we were just talking about you know how lucky we are with with what we do with this show. And then you go and hear, you know, and then you go to hear a story like that straight away. And and I think that really sums up the beauty
3: of non-league football, doesn't it? I have to say, since um we've been doing that, you don't realise how many great stories are involved. Coming off the bench against a so-called living legend, saving it, what it means to him when he's gone viral, he's had interviews all over the place. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of stories, a lot of people put a lot of hard work, we say, in non-league football, in, in and they don't get the publicity sometimes they deserve. So I uh, hope they, uh, he enjoys his moment in the summer, hopefully his next moment in the summer where he's back in the team and uh, scoring goals and uh, enjoying his football, which clearly he is. And I think there's a good insight of how Sittingbourne as a club have progressed over the last six to eight weeks. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, they're on a long, unbeaten run.
0: Obviously, we spoke to Ryan Maxwell a few weeks ago, and, and he was very impressive as well. And, you know, hopefully that they're, they're on the right track. I think, you know, they've got... Actually, looking at their run in, it's actually very friendly. I don't think they've got any of the top teams left to play. It's too late for them to to make any push towards the, the, the top five. But they will finish comfortably mid-table. And then under Ryan Maxwell, I think they could be a force to be reckoned with next season.
3: And yeah, we've said it before... Sittingbourne always had good starts the season under previous spell when Nick Davis was there and had the ability. Just again, it's a bit of momentum we saw with a bit like seven Seven Eights last season, didn't we? Good end to the season, and they're having a good season now. Sittingbourne now got a chance to to do that. Just if they can again just get carry on that momentum till the end of the season, and we we'll then go again next season. I think he can attract good players, Maxwell. I think he's a good manager. Um, Scoring goals has been a problem, but defensively, they're not too bad. The, only conceded thirty, scored 36, conceded 37, so there's a definite framework to work on there. And if he can attract players, which I think he will do, I think they should be in for a good season next year, so, which, which is good, because at one stage, we were concerned that the bottom three in this division could all be Kent clubs.
0: I think it still looks like there's going to be three uh, out of the four going to be uh, at, at least from Kent. But, you know, it's, it's good season. Well, I mean... Uh, as I've said many times on the show, I used to live in Sittingbourne. and I know all about the challenges um, that, that the club have been at Woodstock Park uh, and everything like that. And we're going to be hearing more about Woodstock Park shortly, actually, uh, on the show. But, you know, I, I think they've got the potential to, to do well. And, and there's so many clubs with that potential floating around that you just think, actually, you know, make the most of it. And it's not a case of, you know, other teams have to suffer for these teams to flourish. So I actually think these teams can flourish. They've just got to tap into to the right sort of market and play attractive football and, and winning football. And and that's the big thing, is it doesn't matter where you are in this county. It doesn't really matter um, what your stadium's like. It doesn't matter what your pitch is like. If you're winning games of football, there'll be a buzz about you and people will be coming to watch you. And and One will be hoping, as you, you hit the nail on the head really, they can win, you know, more than half of their remaining games and stay unbeaten to the end of the season, then they'll be raring to go next season. And and making a good start is is, is a massive thing, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I, I think they. Yeah, I think as I said, they got a coup of getting Ryan Maxwell. Um, you know, people like Joe Lawler. He said he'd only play for him if he left Maidstone. He'd only play for Ryan Maxwell. So I think uh, he's the kind of um, manager that can attract players. Um, and. If you're a player looking in and you don't know him, you think, oh, I might go there. Look what he's, what he's done in that spell. So I think it, only going in the right direction, they've just got to keep the momentum up. because We've seen it before. They go on a good run and then they slip back to old sort of ways of not being at the right end of the table. So big challenge for him there. But, you know, it carries on his work, work. Mother Clubs may look at Ryan Maxwell because I say he has managed in the Conference South and successfully in that division. So a real coup for sitting ball. Aside from all that drama, the best result
0: of the day was probably Sheppey United uh, as they thrashed Beckenham 5 1, while Seven Oaks' playoff bid also suffered a hit as they were beaten 1 0 at home by Hythe. Uh, delight as well for Corinthian, who won for just the fifth time this season in the league as they came from behind to beat Chichester. Uh, defeats though for Cray Valley at Whitehawk and VCD at Littlehampton, and Ashford were held 2 2 at East Grinstead. I, I've just got a feeling, Matt, Ashford aren't going to make the playoffs. I don't know what, what your thoughts on it are at
3: the moment. I've just got an inkling that they're not going to make it. I was trying to look at, at the league table. How many playoff spots do you think are left? To, is it between four sides for the bottom spot? Do you think Beckenham have got enough? They're three points clear. The goal difference isn't great. Um, I would so,
0: say, I would. I mean, I would say knowing how this league has, has flip-flopped, I would say only probably the top two would I would would only say that Ramsgate and Chatham are sides that I would say would definitely finish in the top five at the moment. I think, you know, Whitehawk have been on a great run of form, um, but they they could easily pick up a couple of bad results. And, and, you know, you look down, you still wouldn't rule Sevenoaks out on 51 points of overhauling Cray Valley on 56. So therefore, I think you've got to keep Whitehawk on 61 in in the picture as well. Um, I think it's 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 fascinating to see where it's all going to, all going to play out. Um, you know, I mean, Whitehall could even win the league because if they've they got a game in hand, if they win well, that, And you
3: see Ramsgate got to play Chatham and back So um So, yeah, Whitehall must be thinking if we can win that game in hand, um, I don't know when that game in hand actually is, but it was supposed Tuesday to be Tuesday, but it
0: was called off. So rough, it might be next yeah. week.
3: Yeah. So the Easter weekend, we all know is going to be absolutely pivotal, but, this weekend is gonna be pivotal as well, I think, because these sides know, right, ahead of the the Easter weekend when you got two games very quickly, how we where are we gonna be? So you can run through now, John. These fixtures this weekend and I'll think where we're gonna who's gonna pick up some points. Okay, I will do that. That is one of my jobs on this show, so very good.
0: On Saturday, Ashford at home to Lansing. Ashford win. Beckenham at home to Faversham. Draw. Is one for you. What we were just saying, for the <laughs> yeah. White Hook win that game in hand, Matt, they'll be above Chatham. Well, not if they lose to Chatham on Saturday. It's Chatham Town against Whitehawk.
3: Massive game. Absolute Chatham. Fantastic at home, aren't they? Chatham know that. Win that. So that'll give them four to play. Six gives them a nice breathing space. And uh, Chatham against- win on that. Chichester against Ramsgate. Ram, Ram-
0: draw. Cray Valley PM at home to Burgess Hill Town.
3: Team Burgess Hill, they weren't too bad. Burgess Hill, Cray Valley win. Hayward Heath against Sheppey United. Sheppey win. Hythe Town against East Grinstead Town. High oh, good at home. High win. Little Hampton Town against Sevenoaks Town. Sevenoaks, they lose last week. Sevenoaks.
0: Is it at home to High?
3: Yeah, they need to bounce back. Uh, draw. Uh, Sittingbourne against VCD. I've got to go with Sittingbourne. VCD will be looking looking very nervously. They could be involved in the playoffs.
0: And finally, Three Bridges against Corinthian.
3: This could be the the, the time that th- as Corinthian's relegation is confirmed. So I'm, I, what I'm saying is, it's all going to come down surely to Ramsgate against Chatham on Easter Monday. I, I, I'm convinced of that now.
0: That Chatham-Whitehawk on Saturday, though, if, if chatham ma- oh, it's to it's oh, that's game. a huge game.
3: Gillingham being away. Hopefully, they'll get a really good crowd, four figures. If, yeah. If, 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 I don't know. You could really open this up. If Whitehawk win and Ramsgate fail to win, it really opens it up. So, I suppose Beckenham could get a result as well. Fantastic division. The best thing about this... Everybody has got to play everybody, and they've only got five games to go to the end of the season. So, um, yeah,
0: it's brilliant, isn't it? It's it's just brilliant, and and we're gonna it's gonna be absolutely superb. And obviously next weekend uh, is Easter weekend, and I think come when we do the show in two weeks' time out, we'll have a, a pretty good idea yeah, of, well, of, yeah. of where things uh, are
3: yeah, heading, well, won't we? I, it, it does point to Ramsgate against Chatham is going to be the big game, so. Chatham know the teams they've got to play at home, they win both those games and have a bloody good chance.
0: Yes, uh, let's move up then actually to the National League where Mason United have a new manager. George Lacoby is now the permanent manager uh, at the Gallagher Stadium. But it looks like his tenure is going to start with relegation because if they don't win uh, this weekend against Borenwood, they will be... Straight back into National League South just a year after their promotion. Do, do you, you were at Maidstone a few weeks ago. Did you think it's the right call to give El the job full time?
3: On a results business, no. Um, from, from speaking to I'm surprised that they've given it given him a contract to the end of the next season. Give him to the end of this season. Yes, uh, I still think Maystone is a fantastic job in in Kent non-league circles. I, I, I still believe that the only Kent side who can support a football league team. I've always thought that. If you get it right, clearly the last couple of seasons when they've been in the National think they've got it wrong. Um, um, you know, and we won't go into the where's about that. Oh, I'm surprised they haven't, or unless they have looked at managers and they've decided against it, um, it could be a big ask next season, but, If it's a results business, if he starts badly next season, you know he can look back and say, "Oh, I didn't win him 15 games, whatever it was, last time," and he puts himself under a little bit of pressure. I think. I don't. I think so.
0: I I think it's tough that you basically are walking in, and and I wonder if they perhaps look at other managers, and other managers have said. No, because you don't want to walk straight in and take a team down. And I think that's that's a difficult thing. The, the big task for Georgia Lacobie now is they've got six games left this season. Um, you know, even if they win all six, they probably won't be enough. Um, but the, to go on a run, you know, and, and the worrying thing is this week they've obviously had defeats at home to Woking, at home to Bromley, both quite late in the day as well. And, and that would be the worrying thing for me is... The, the, the manner of the defeats at the moment, it, for me, his big task is to pick up a couple of wins. See now the end of the season, and then at least because he has got a contract into next season, he can now start planning for next season. And I suppose that's the big thing, isn't it? Because he can start planning for a National League South uh, campaign. And do you know what? It's a former Premier League footballer. So for most teams in National League South, you'd be looking at saying that that's that's a coup to have a former Premier League footballer as your manager. So, hopefully, that'll, that it will work out for them. But, you know, it is it is tough. But I think, for me, the thing he's got to do is make sure that they... I would be there setting a the target of saying, right, like, we want to get to 35 points. We've got 24 at the moment and six games to play. And I don't think that's unreasonable. You know, I, I think they're going to finish bottom of the table. But at least finish in some sort of style and some sort of confidence to take to next season.
3: Yeah. Again, the sides that are coming down next season could be tough as well if you get Yoga and Torquay it's going to be tough because you'd have thought with bigger budgets that, that it's going to be difficult to bounce back straight away as well. Um, yeah, George Jacoby, a top man and a very positive man and maybe that's what Maidstone need. My concern is if they struggle next season, where do they go from here? How long do they give him to for the job? Um, clearly, some people would say it's the cheap option. I don't know if it is or not, but they need somebody to galvanise the club. And Ella Kobe's been given that chance. To me, maybe somebody from outside not linked to the club may have been a better option. But I was wrong before about Hayretting getting promoted than they were. And to be honest, I thought Maystone would be OK this season. So I am surprised about it. But I do feel for the Maystone fans because, you know, watching Dover last season, the National League lose every week was painful and Maystone fans have had it. Uh, this season as well. So, I, I do feel for him a little bit, Maidstone. But I am surprised that akobi has got the job, but I wish him maximum um, success and I hope he can get Maidstone challenging again or at least winning football matches next season.
0: Absolutely. And that goes back to what we were saying earlier. If, you, if you're playing winning football, people come and watch and no, no truer uh, uh, yeah, anywhere uh, else Maidstone, than Maidstone, We saw
3: know. that. I um, said so there was, 40, was there 1,400 or 1,800 yesterday against Bromley. So, They've still got a hard court and if they do well, we know they can get three, three and a half thousand every week. So um, it's maybe just the um, terrible season they've had after the success of last year is getting people back in the mood of going to watch football. Yeah, that was a big win for Bromley. Back to back wins for them on the road as
0: well after winning one in at Oval on Saturday. Uh, They're now four points outside the playoffs. They've got seven games left to play. I mean, they've they've got a chance, Matt. They've they've obviously got hope someone above them slips up. But big big win for that for them on Tuesday night, and Louis Dennis the hero.
3: Yeah, I think that was a it was a good win for them. They needed that. We've seen Bromley being in a position better than this um, last couple of seasons, then sort of tailed off. Maybe they're going to be the opposite now. Looking at it, looking at their fixtures, they have again Easter will be absolutely massive for them because they've got to play Barnet and Bourne-Wood as well so some big long northern trips they've got to take after that but they they'll always score goals Bromley and they've always got the quality are they going to be the dark horse who comes late into the playoff push fingers crossed they are
0: yeah I mean we were discussing in the office the other day actually that the fact that Knott's County and Wrexham are both going to get 100 points, and only one of them is going to go up, which it, automatically, which is insane. Um, but you know, it, it's going to be amazing to see how that pans out. Bromley at home to Solihull Moors uh, on Saturday, and as we said, Maidstone at home to Boreham uh, If they draw that game, they might still have a chance, unless will win at home to Southend. But uh, I think it's pretty safe to say that Maidstone, uh, their one-year stay in the National League, is coming to an end. Uh, into the National League South, uh, where Ebbsfleet United march on again, especially as Dartford were beaten at home uh, by Chelmsford City on Saturday. Ebbsfleet, uh, now th- the champagne's getting even colder, Matt. I would say that they're, they're they're within touching distance now. I think another four points uh, is all they need to get over the line. Obviously, not bearing any any uh, Dartford slip ups. Um, Nothing more we can say, really, Matt. They, they won again. Uh, they keep winning. They're quite good at football. I think that's yeah. Uh... <laughs>
3: yeah, I, I, I'm at Dartford on Saturday, so um, you have to say that I thought Dartford would go on and maybe pick them for the title, but their form has been patchy um, since then. Uh, good it'd be opportunity. Be it'd be
0: interesting for you to find out on Saturday um, when you're waving your mobile phone under the noses of some people to find out if the way that Fleet have just turned turned it on and moved up the table and, and found another gear has impacted them. Because I guess when it was close, Dartford were still winning games and then Fleet have just motored away again. And I think Dartford have had a couple of games called off in that time. And it must be really dispiriting for them because I, I expect they're thinking, well, we're going to be in the playoffs again because there's no way we're going to catch them. Look at how
3: they're going. So I wonder if that does does play on players' minds. Yeah, I suppose when I saw them against Cheson on well, 7th of January, they were... I think there were four points clear. I don't know how many games they won since then? One, two, three games at about twelve. So disappointing. Ken uh, used a lot of players. They brought three players in on transfer deadline day as well. Dartford I can't seem to get a settled side. But maybe I don't know how long they thought. They, I think they'll be disappointed. You know, beating them twice over the Christmas period. At the moment, they're twenty-one points behind them. know they've got two games in hand, but. That still gives it 15 points. Do they think that Ebsleet are 15 points better than them? I don't really know. It shows how good Ebsleet have been this season. 94 goals. Fair play to them. Big game for Darfur against Dulwich. Darford need to get get into form in um head of the playoffs because I think the playoffs are going to be very competitive. They've got to finish in the top three um, or to, to guarantee at least a home game. Um, or at least having playing a home game in the second part of the playoffs. So um, from there, I- interesting times ahead. I wouldn't pick it. The sides, some diff- decent sides, I think in this in the in the National League South. Have Dartford got enough? We'll find. I'll have, it'll be interesting to see how they perform at the weekend against Dulwich Yes, and we all know about Dartford
0: and their playoff history. Yes, uh, <laughs> uh, as we said, Dartford beaten two one at home by Chelmsford. Uh, Tumbridge Angels were 4-1 up against Hungerford and eventually squeaked home by four goals to three. Uh, Much-needed win for Welling United on Saturday, as well as they beat Bath by a goal to nil, uh, leapfrogging uh, Dover Athletic, who were beaten at St Albans in the process. Um, Tunbridge Angels are just a point outside the playoff places now. Uh, in fact, they are only three points. Uh, they are 10th, but they're only three points behind 5th place St Albans. Uh, at the other end of the table, Dulwich Hamlet have got 39 points uh, from 39 games Dover have got 44, they are 17th. Welling have got 45, and they are 16th. Welling are also in action on Tuesday night. They were beaten 3-2 at Chippenham. Um, both of those two teams do need to pick up some results, or else it could be a very, very uh, uncomfortable end to the season. Dover travel to Braintree on Saturday, sixth place Braintree. Uh, while Dartford as Matt has already said are at home to Dulwich. Ebbsfleet go to Taunton. It's Welling against Hampton and Richmond, uh, and. Tunbridge Angels head to Oxford City. That's a tough one for them. Third against 10th, that one. I suppose technically, Matt, if Dartford don't win, Ebsby can win the league on Saturday, can't they?
3: Yeah, uh, I think, uh, yes. So, biggest game probably is Oxford City against Tunbridge Angels. Tunbridge Angels can win that really does open it up. uh, It's a very, very exciting league as well at the top end of the table there. And I have to say, some of these sides I've seen... Um, there's some good sides out there, you mentioned Dartford in the playoffs, I always think Chelmsford should be a side, I mean, we don't want to get them promoted but never never been there so many times and blowing it there, seem to be running into form, I like St Albans as well, I like Farnborough yeah, big game this weekend for Tunbridge against Oxford, if they can pick up a point, three points there, does give them a chance and I think Jay Saunders has done a fantastic uh, season for Tunbridge, where, where they were this time last year, concerning about getting relegated, getting into the, if they finished in the playoffs, fantastic achievement. And, and it does surprise me, going back to Maidstone, that if, I don't know if he would work with the old, the current regime, Maidstone, Jay has seem a good fit. Um, I've just been looking through the
0: fixtures for the rest of the season. Uh, I need you to put your black and white tinted glasses on are you worried? Yeah. Your running um, is not nice, is it? You've got to play uh you've got to go to Dartford, you've got Welling, you've got to go to Farnborough on the final day, and they might be needing playoff uh, points to, to get in the playoffs. Um it's not a friendly. Think, but, we, that probably, game we need Welling, what I
3: would say we need six points from how many games have left? Five, six, six, seven, how many games have left games seven. Seven, seven. Seven, seven games left. We need, yeah. Thing is, we don't score any goals. that, that That's is it. the biggest that is the major concern. What is a, a cat amongst the pigeons as well? Is I've just noticed that Concord
0: Rangers, who you've got to play uh, on the Tuesday before the end of the season, well, they've already got a game on that Thursday as well uh, against Darfur. They've got four games in hand on you, and if yeah. they win those, they're only and they're, they'll only be a point behind. And well, that, yeah, uh, that's uh, where uh, the, the worry th- is, isn't it?
3: Yeah, uh, f- from a Dover point of view, we could do with Darfur beating Dulwich and Dover picking up a point somewhere the other night, Braintree. Martin and Higgs are back this week, which um, I think they've missed in, you know, a little bit of sedility in midfield. Uh, You can't think that Dover would get anything at Dartford away. The Welling game could be a a crucial one. I I think they need to get to 50 points um, and they should be OK. But it is a concern that it could go because, say, we don't score any goals. Um, And the solidity we have looked, but no Lot of defenders out injured. Judd's got banned again. I don't know how many games he's been David's best player by an absolute mile this season. Um, I, I am concerned, yes. Uh, but we've said before we've been sleepwalking into relegation, then we went on a bit of a run. But somebody needs to, the club needs to be a bit more. I think there'll be uproar if they got relegated because, um, it would not be a good look, and from what the chairman said at the beginning of the season, it was a top 10 budget. Clearly the money has been not particularly utilised well on certain players earlier in the campaign. Um, and and it concern for me as well is there's nobody came in on deadline day, and Dover only had four subs last week. If they get any more injuries and suspensions, they are really down to the bare bones as well. So I am concerned. Of course, we go to Braintree, we win 1-0, and I'm and everybody, the results go there. Why are you feeling a little bit happier? But they do need to pick up a win and fast. Let's move on then
0: to the Southern Counties East League, where we spoke at length, well, as long as we did on the uh, concourse at London Bridge Station about the title race uh, at the top of the table. Uh, and then on Saturday, when the results came in, and Irith and Belvedere, with lots of new faces, had had a win, and the game between Phoenix Sports and Deal Town. Uh, finished it all square, I thought, well, do you know what? we wasted all our time talking about that. It looks like the title race is uh, it's done and dusted again. It's swinging back towards Irith and Belvedere. Then it all apparently has gone very wrong. Irith and Belvedere held to a 1-1 draw uh, by Stansfeld on Tuesday night. Uh, following that game, uh, some players uh, on social media revealed that they had been asked to leave Irith and Belvedere uh, since the return to the job of Matt Longhurst. Uh, making plenty of um, allegations, which we won't be repeating on this show, but lots being said um, about why these players have left and the whys and wherefores. And it's blown up a little bit on social media, uh, on Twitter, in the past day or so. And a report reached me earlier on this evening, Matt, uh, from a very reliable source, that after just two games back at the helm, Matt Longhurst may have resigned as Irith and Belvedere manager. I mean... It's, it's a tricky situation, um, but if he has gone, I wonder if the bridges are burnt with those players that, that have been released. Uh, the most vocal of them was very much saying, right, well, I'm off to put my feet up for the rest of the season. Um, and a fourth manager for a team who were 20 points clear at the top. It, it's not
3: a very good look, is it? No, the stability of the club is completely rocked. Um, so it, it's, it's it's not a good look. Yeah. Um, Matt Longhurst, you know, we were surprised at this time of year ago he lost his Ramsgate job, but then you do hear bits and pieces um, from that. Um, clearly, he's gone into um, and Belvedere, put a couple of players in. Billy Bennett, I think, went there, didn't he? So players at a high level. Um, and this all seems to be about a lot of players who play Sunday football, but doesn't it, does he agree with it, or doesn't know who's said they can't play? But yeah. The ship was rocking a little bit, Erith and Belvedere, and clearly it's now gone over the edge, really. Where will they go from here? Who will be the manager? Um, and if you're Phoenix Sports, or well, maybe even Deal, you think you may be right. We've got a chance here to, you know, with them falling apart at the seams, will they have enough players at the weekend? What will go on um, to, to, to to take advantage of this? The only good thing for Erith and Belvedere this week, you know, they're still seven points clear with a game in hand. Um, over Phoenix, or Phoenix books have a game in hand. Is that that game at the weekend was a draw? So yeah, an absolute farce, really. Or it's disappointing at the club. You think even if they get promoted, what would it be like next season at a higher level? Will they struggle in that if they're going through numerous managers this season? So a real concern going on. I'd love to know who Eric and Belvedere will be putting out at the weekend. If Matt, if if your source is true that Matt Longest has gone. Well, you didn't mention
0: Irith Town there, Matt, but they are level on points with Phoenix Sports uh, in second place uh, in the table. They're behind on goal difference because they have beaten Punjab United 3-1 this evening. So at the moment, Irith and Belvedere, 32 games, 72 points. Uh, Phoenix Sports... 31 games, 65 points. Town, 32 games, 65 points. Deal Town, 32 games, 62 points. The winners will come from those four teams without a shadow of a doubt. Phoenix Sports were in action uh, on Wednesday night as well uh, at Homesdale and it was all going swimmingly for them. Well, literally, actually, because they were 3-0 up half-time, lovely jubbly, match abandoned due to a waterlogged pitch. Uh, so it's another game they're going to have to fit in between now and the end of the season. But that would be the least of their concern. I, I genuinely, on Saturday when the results came in, you know, and Belvedere had got their win. Uh, Billy Bennett was among the players that played from on Saturday, and, lo- and I looked at it and I thought, oh well, that that that's that. That it seems all sorted. Um, and then, especially with the Phoenix deal game being a draw, you know, you just kind of looked at it and thought, well, you know, it, the, the, the blips obviously, obviously done. It looks like it's all going to be sorted. But now, I think it's really interesting. And, and you know, the, 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 there's some really good people at Irith and Belvedere, um, and I'm sure that they're pulling their hair out as well at the moment with everything that's transpired this week. Um, because it's not a, it, it's not it's not a good look um you know and, and you say if they do get promoted next season I'm sure that they've got the the backing uh, to go and, and have a good go at it but what they haven't got at the moment is a, is a stable manager uh, and a stable team and and we've seen with the likes of Chatham Sheppey Beckham the key to doing well at the next level up is keeping the players that you've got and keeping them happy and it looks like at the moment that the players that've got with and Belvedere where they are
3: Aren't going to want to stick around. Yeah, you know the the, the strong statements have come out on social media, uh, been critical of. I don't know, been more critical of Matt Longhurst. Again, we haven't had Matt Longhurst's story, so we can't comment too much. Will the club go cap in hand to these players if he has gone and say, right, come back? I, I'm sure these players will think, right, we want to finish this off and show people that we are the best team in this division. Um, but they won't do if Matt Long out. Is it, this is an ongoing story here, John? Absolutely crazy story. Uh, there can't be many teams that could win the division and had four managers in a season. Not even in Syria they have crazy stuff like this. So um, really interesting to see what happens in the next 24, 48 hours.
0: It really is, and I say the, the source who told me that he'd gone is a, is a very good source, so uh, I, I, I trust them. So we shall see. Uh, what pans out in the coming uh, days. Well, that was a very interesting conversation about Irith and Belvedere uh, and what's gone on. My source has since told me that uh, Matt Longhurst has been convinced to stay on uh, as Irith and Belvedere manager for for the foreseeable future. Uh, we shall see what happens. Obviously, no comment from the club uh, at this present time, uh, but still just a, an interesting situation. Everything that's going on there, it's got to be having an effect, hasn't it? But we will see what happens. But as I say, uh, we were tipped off that, that there was a chance uh, of a change of manager again. Uh, it doesn't seem that that's going to be the case. But even so, it was a good chat, wasn't it? Back to us. We've actually got an interview from the scaffold as well, Mike. I've been so busy talking about the top of it that we've completely forgotten about the interview uh, from the very bottom of the table. Uh, Canterbury City uh, drew 1-1 with Glebe on Saturday. Uh, and the latest in their... Uh, their well, as you perhaps hear, nomadic existence uh, over the past few years, is going to take them down to uh, Margate next season. Now, I did look this up on Google Maps, Matt, you'll be pleased to know. The distance from Canterbury to Hartsdown Park is ever so slightly closer than the distance from uh, Canterbury to Woodstock Park. Well, not by much, probably about 0.1 of a mile, but it is closer. So they are perhaps moving in the right direction. I don't know. Anyway, to find out the latest about their ground share and their hopes to finally eventually, somehow, get back into the city. Earlier on today, I spoke to the Canterbury City Chairman, Trevor James.
2: I'm certainly very pleased to be going to Hearthstone Park because we've been very welcomed by Denny and his uh, other club officials there. Uh, they've really been helpful to us, I must admit. That's not saying that the Sittingbourne people haven't been doing the same, but um, there's a damn good reason for why trying to go to Margate rather than Sittingbourne, which I'll come to in a minute, if you like. There is no suitable pitch in Canterbury. It's very limited on the amount of green space. And certainly, I think we may be punching above our weight, really, and caused our own problem, because now that we've arrived into the Schettel League and their standards of what they are club, the club, um, there is nothing of that sort in Canterbury. The short, medium, and long-term strategy, I think, from June of this year, when I became a director of the club, was short, but basically just survive this season, both financially and on the field. Just don't get relegated, which you might want to challenge me about later. The medium term was to try and get back into the Canterbury and District Council, part of which I've covered, in that perhaps we should, if we can't get into Canterbury because there isn't a proper uh, pitch available, the standards of scaffold, not even at the university, then the next best thing is to try and sit on the doorstep at Whitsville and Home Bay. Unfortunately, those negotiations didn't quite come out the way that I would have personally loved them to have done. Um, we were very welcome by both places, but for different reasons, mainly footballing reasons, decided in the end that they couldn't uh, accommodate us. In Whitsville's case, excuse me, in the throat, <coughs> in Whitsville's case, they want to encourage their reserve team to play on turn at Saturdays and in Herne Bay. There's an arrangement with Kent School. So having been thwarted in my medium plan, the long-term plan, sorry, it couldn't come out to be yet because the long-term plan is to hope for the uh, ground, the new ground that's going to be built perhaps in three to four years' time in Nackington area, Merton Park. We have to turn to somewhere else. Why Margate, you asked me? Margate's facilities are really special. And at the same time, and more importantly, we can actually get our spectators and supporters to Margate, which we can't do in Sittingbourne. Explaining that, a lot of um, supporters are non-car drivers. And as such... 2.4 miles from the station in Sittingbourne to the Woodstock Park, you wouldn't want to walk it. Uh, There's no pavements for the last part and no lighting either in the rural area that it is. Whereas Margate, you can entertain yourself with a few pubs on the way to the ground. So Margate is a very good fit for, I believe, our spectators and supporters. And I'm very, very happy for that uh, arrangement to come around.
0: Obviously, I think Sittingbourne struggle with getting getting their supporters up to the ground as well, so I, I can understand where that difficulties come from. And, and I suppose uh, the fact that you've yep. struggled to get consistent support in it, it Woodstock Park has, has possibly contributed to to the trials oh, on the pitch as well this season.
2: In, indeed, I mean, the you shouldn't talk ill of the past, but the decision to go to Sittingbourne, I'll be honest, has proven to be a bit of a disaster. Um, Initially, we lost all of our players except one. So we had a churn of players and had to start again for this season. That doesn't bode well for any team uh, kicking off. Uh, secondly, we lost our supporters. I could share with you that we have lost 55% of our income through the turnstile compared to last year at Fathersham. Um, and we've lost... Uh, opportunity to talk to local sponsors. I mean, I'll be honest. Would you, would you in Canterbury, want to support and sponsor a team that's in Sittingbourne, or put a billboard around the Sittingbourne pitch? All doable, of course it is, but it doesn't sit well, and therefore the commercial side of going to Sittingbourne, unfortunately, has proven a disaster. Nice people, well welcoming again. But it just doesn't work on that basis. Then, hence, only one year there, but we have to move.
0: You say you've been involved with the club since last year. What made you want to get involved? Because, you know, there's a, well, everybody knows the difficulties from the outside of, of of Canterbury City and this issue, which is the main one we're talking about, the fact that the club cannot be in the city.
2: Oh, football is passion, isn't it? I've been supporting Canterbury City since the age of nine when I took myself off on a bus from Rough Commons to go to the Kingsmeade Stadium as it was then. I mean, this is where it becomes tribal and it, it's fun, it's passion. I moved away from uh, Canterbury when I got married and only came back more recently. And you support your local team. And in this basis, we're all a bit of a nutter, really, aren't we? It's, it's a situation where you... you How can I put it? A match day experience is one where most football people, they pay an entry fee, they pick up a program, they have a drink or two in a bar, they eat some wonderfully unhealthy footy food, and they watch a game. And it's it's not all about the premiership. It's about honest endeavor, watching 22 lads go at each other um, and try and get a result out of it. It's passion. And you get hooked into that. And in my case, it was um, trying to sponsor the club. We have, as every club does, sponsor a player. I started doing that and then became gradually more involved to the point when I learned that the directors, the outgoing directors, all wanted to uh, resign the chairman, the treasurer, directors. It's a hard task running a club, as most people tell you. Uh, and I found myself forgetting to stand one step back when the bugle went as they say and found myself in charge so there we have it
0: have you found it as as challenging as you were expecting or, or more challenging
2: <laughs> well i've found that i've made my wife a football widow by the amount of time that you spend on it Uh, which is just not a very good thing to do. Um, So yes, it has been challenging. And, And no, I don't always get every decision right. And sometimes circumstances are against you before you've started. The hardest thing is, obviously, as everyone will tell you, is the commercial side, is getting money in to pay for what you're doing. And that goes right the way down to not just talking about the ground share arrangements and costs and the training facilities and things. It goes back to how much is left in the kitty to try and play, pay some players' expenses. It's a hard ask. Everyone I'm sure you've interviewed will will give you that one. Why do we do it? I have no idea.
0: Uh, you, you mentioned earlier on, you said I was welcome to challenge this. You, you said that the short-term aim was not to get relegated. Uh, it's not looking great at the moment. <laughs> uh, you've got... A couple of of, of decent fixtures coming up, but it it does look like it's going to be an uphill battle. And I suppose the question is, is, if you do go down, how much of a setback is
2: that to you? If we go down, it's not going to be such a disaster financially. But I think there's five games to play, which means there's 15 points to play for. As a betting man, you wouldn't put your house on it, would you? But football's weird, and I would say to you, it ain't over until the fat lady sings. And uh, on that basis, I'm not creating a hate crime for something, for using a colloquialism, meaning we shouldn't presume to know the outcome of an event while it's still in progress. Um, Kate Smith was a large lady used to sing the Star Spangled Banner at the end of American football matches in the 50s. So when she sang, you knew the game was over. Well, there's five games still to go, and I'm, I'm on the opinion, John, we're not uh, than up yet.
0: Uh, Dan Lawrence, it, since he came in, has, has, has turned things around a little bit, hasn't he? He's certainly got some good results, and, and I think a bit of togetherness back on the pitch.
2: Oh, massive. Um, I, I cannot praise Dan enough. Having said that, i better be careful, otherwise someone will pinch him from us. But seriously, um, the results haven't come, the last four matches have been exceptionally good, where we've played the other teams off the park at long time. And um, we have got, I think, a win and two draws from the last four games. Um, so, yeah, we still have a chance for the great escape. Houdini did it, why can't we? Um, it has possibilities. If we have to beat um Irith and Belvedere on the last game of the season, fifteen nil, well, it's still mathematically possible.
0: And and just finally, you mentioned earlier on about the hopes of getting back into Canterbury. That that is the ultimate aim, the long-term aim. And you think that that's a- achievable in the next few years? I mean, I know obviously we've got elections coming up as well in in May. That could have a bearing on everything as well, I suppose. But uh, uh, the, the most important thing for for Canterbury City and Canterbury as a whole which is a place I I know very well and I'm very fond of, is to get Canterbury City Football Club back in Canterbury, isn't it?
2: Yes. Um, The the situation just before I was speaking to yourself was talking to a a lady councillor of Canterbury and trying to understand the timings and the parameters of what would it be. You might not know that um, there is a sports hub being planned in the local draft plan of Canterbury, which would be accommodating both the rugby club and the Canterbury City Football Club. Now, if all goes to plan, and these things don't normally, uh, that should be three years, maybe four years away for putting um, a ground in place. And that has to be our vision. That is the light at the end of our tunnel. Why are we doing this? Uh, That is the way forward. So we have to keep hoping, and we have in the meantime, unfortunately, continue to be nomads to just survive, keep peddling until we can get our own ground. It's a game changer when you get your own ground because with a clubhouse, uh, you can start to generate income with a 3G pitch, which is part of the deal. Uh, You can equally rent that out and start to gain monies back in. So it is a hell of a game changer having your own ground.
0: A very passionate man, uh, Matt, with definitely got the best interest of the club at heart. Uh, and I think it was interesting when he said, you know, I, I, I remember the club at Kingsmead. I remember it going back a long way. And you can tell he's desperate to bring it back to its former glories. Going to Margate, Margate seems to be very keen on this idea. Uh, it, it, it's a good setup, good facilities. And, and I thought it was very, very telling, the statistic that he gave there about how much of their revenue has dropped off in this one season they've had at Sitting Bull.
3: Yeah. I, I really sort of um, feel for Canterbury. Uh, and you can feel the pain in his voice and getting back into trying to get them back. It will be a phenomenal achievement um, if they can get to a ground in their own postcode within the thing. Margate, as he said there, losing the money. I've never been to Woodstock Park, John, but you you've mentioned it as well. It can be a difficult place to get to. Easier on the trains for Canterbury City fans. I don't know how many... People they get every week. What is their hardcore support? Uh, we saw they nearly got to um, Wembley a few years ago, didn't they? So um, yeah, it's going to be so, until you've got their own ground just to have that. You know, this is us as a club. It's going to be very very difficult. And I admired um, Trevor being involved to try and get them back, and you could see his passion for the club and. The frustration as well, um, it hasn't been the great season, but I think they're going to be OK, as in they're going to be relegated, I think. Myri thinks they might have a chance, but I think they'll get be relegated. But they'll have to go again in a, in a tough division next year. But um, they might be able to get players a little bit closer. Maybe there's going to be a link up with maybe Margate Reserves. who can offer them a few players and maybe that's part of the deal. But yeah. I do feel for them. No football club should not have its own ground in its own area.
0: Well, I think that's part of it, isn't it? It's the Margate under twenty three, who so are a very strong side, Yeah, uh, so I think they see that as an opportunity. And I think I know, it's a hard one to say because no one wants to get relegated, but I actually think that it might help Canterbury City regroup um, you know, Dan Lawrence is obviously someone that they're very keen on. He's a, a Canterbury City man through and through. So if he can stick around next season, and it was interesting to hear Trevor saying there, you know, we we don't want anyone to know how good Dan is because we don't want to lose him. Um and I think I don't think I don't want to say go as far as to say it would be a blessing in disguise, but the money that Canterbury City would need to spend to compete in the Division One compared to the money they would need to compete in yeah. the Premier. Is very vastly different, and I think, you know, I think that would be a good way of of of, of kind of getting their feet back on, on the ground. You know, they've got they'll have a good chance if they get relegated, and of course they've still got a chance um, of staying up. But if they were to get relegated, I think that they'd have a good grounding next season. I, you know, that they're in a good they'll be in a good area. There's not a lot of teams around uh, that area in that division, so I think they'd have a good opportunity to really kind of flourish, I suppose. Uh, and you know. And like we said so many times momentum if you go down next season then go and win 25 30 games and win the league again then you've got that feel good factor back and and yes. that's and that's a massive thing for for canterbury city and and you know if i was them and they're saying what 3 to 4 years they'd be looking at this stadium uh, which isn't too far from my old school incidentally uh, that they'll be sharing with the rugby club they must have in their heads an idea of what league they want to be in uh, when that comes around. And I would therefore say that, you know, I'm sure that they'd probably have a better chance if that league is the Isthmian League. Maybe if they can go down and have a good season down at the next step down. I, you know, I don't want anyone to get relegated, but I'm, I'm trying to see the positives for Canterbury City because the potential is massive.
3: Yeah, I think you've always, you know, I've been to many games at the the, the the Kingsmead Stadium where there was the Greyhounds and, Things like that, watching football. They used to get good crowds. They're in an excellent catchment area. If they can get a successful team with good facilities, it, it must be so tough for something like as you mentioned, their sponsors, etc., getting the money in. They must be losing money over hand over fist at times. So a really tough challenge. But as he said, they're looking long term, long term. You may have a bit of pain going in that direction, but if you can. Well, no, we've been talking about them having a ground for I know, probably 250 episodes, John, haven't we, really, um, when it was closed and then it got turned down. So fingers crossed that it can go in the right direction, because if you're you know, like him, you know, if, if that was me, you know, growing up on the terraces at Dover and they had the problems there, it must break your heart being a Canterbury City fan as a younger thing and seeing where the team is, because there's too many generations of football fans who probably doesn't even know there's a Canterbury City ever team. Yeah, and that's the
0: thing, isn't it? And I, you know, I was really eye-opening when you said how difficult it has been to get people oh. to go to sitting one. Well. I can understand it because, you know, it's difficult. And uh, I was reading on the Canterbury website when I was getting Trevor's details up about the directions to Woodstock Park, and it's like, you can't follow your sat-nav because it will send you the wrong way, which I do know, uh, which I do know very well. Um, you know, and, and I just think that is a staggering amount and, and i and i hope that they can um they can it'd be fruitful for them at margate and he did mention actually earlier Matt. he said inside their own postcode well actually margate as you well know has a ct postcode so yeah. technically uh they are in it as opposed to uh to emmy and, and i just hope that they can find a way of recouping some of that money that 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 they've obviously lost and and As you say, generations of football fans don't know that Canterbury City are there. You know, there's lots of schools in Canterbury that I'm sure they'd love to take advantage of and start getting people to go and watch the games. But you can't do that all the time. They're not in Canterbury. And I hope that the seasons that they're playing, the more seasons they're playing further away from their base, isn't too
3: damaging for them. Yeah, you'll never know until you come back to the to the area where you are. And from there, I don't know how many people live in Canterbury, but. If, if you you know as he said they've got a successful hockey club they've got a successful rugby club and you know the cricket clubs very thing so there's definitely people who love their sport in the area and if the football club can be successful they can and back in their back in the proper CT postcode there's no reason why they can't support you know an spin Premier League club like where they're going to be playing at Margate next year
0: absolutely well good luck to them let's have a look at the rest of the results in the scaffold uh, over the past few days, as there has been plenty of action, as you would imagine, because we are getting towards the business end. Well, we're in the business end of the bloody season now. Well, as Canterbury's 1-1 draw with Glebe on Saturday, uh, it was Deal 1, thing. Sports 1, as we've already mentioned. Irith Town 2-1 winners over Beersted. Kennington beat Fisher by three goals to nil. Uh, Lordswood lost 2-0 at home to Tunbridge, Wells. Pundit United 3-1 winners over K-Sports. Hollands and Blair won one nil at Rostal. Uh, Sutton Athletic 4-2 winners at Stansfield. Irith and Belvedere won 3-1 at Wellingtown while well, Whitstable with 2-0 winners over Holmesdale. Uh, the only game on Tuesday night was that I previously mentioned, 1-1 draw between Irith and Belvedere and Stansfeld. We've mentioned the games on Wednesday night as well. And there were also on Tuesday night the Challenge Cup semi-finals. You don't take a lot of notice of that competition until it gets to uh, the latter stages. But uh, 241 people were at Hollands and Blair on Tuesday night for their game, their second leg against Kennington. 2-1 uh, win for Hollands and Blair on the night, took the title penalties and they won 5-4 on penalties. Uh, to reach the final, uh, where they will face Fisher, who beat Sutton 4-3 on aggregate, uh, despite losing the second leg by two goals to one. Uh, the fixtures this weekend in the, the scaffold in the Premier Division on Saturday, it's Bicester against Canterbury City, Deal Town at home to Tunbridge Wells, Fisher take on Kennington. It's Glebe against Wellington. Holmesdale take on Lordswood. Hollands and Blair against Stansfeld. K-Sports at home to Irith Town. Phoenix Sports take on Punjab United. It's Rustall against Irith and Belvedere. Sutton Athletic against Whitstable Town. Then on Monday night, Rustall against Kennington. For on Tuesday night, Deal against Fisher. Hollands and Blair against Beerstead. K-Sports against Stansfeld. Sutton Athletic against Punjab United. Tunbridge Wells against Phoenix Sports. And a couple of games on Wednesday as well to throw into the mix. Irith, to Irith Town against Kennington and Homesdale against Whitstable. Uh, into the first division of the Southern Counties East League. Uh, as I say, plenty going on as we near the end of the season. It was Bermsey Town 1, Larkford and New Hive three. Uh, Croydon 1, Fabrice Strike Strikeforce 1, FC Armstead 1, Tooting Beck Nil, Greenways 2, Forest Hill Park Nil. Uh, Snodland Town won 1 at Lewisham Borough thanks to a first minute goal from Ted Rossetti. It was Lidtown 2, Brighton Ropes 0, Meridian VP 2, Rochester United 1, Staples Monarchs 4 1 winners over SC Thamesmead. And then in midweek on Tuesday night, if was AFC Whiteleaf 6, Brighton Ropes 1, 2 hat tricks in that game for AFC Whiteleaf. Uh, and then on Wednesday night, it was FC Elmstead 1, Rochester United 1, and they finally managed to get the game between Staples Monarchs and Larkford and New Hythe on, Matt. Larkfield and New Hyde probably won't be that thrilled that it managed to get on because they were beaten by a goal to nil, uh, which leaves Snodland Town sitting pretty at the top of the table, seven points clear uh, with a game in hand. There are only uh, 32 games in this league. So there's only five left for Snodland and four left uh, for Larkfield and New Hyde this season. It's, it's getting close now to, for Snodland Town, and I'm sure in a couple of weeks, Matt, I think we'll be having Luke Wolland on the show to discuss. How they're preparing for the Scaffold Premier, don't you think?
3: Yeah, I think that's a bit of a disappointing result for Larkfield and New Hyde this evening. Probably gives them, Snodland the chance now to go ahead and finish it off with the remaining games to play. Uh, been a very good competitive division and the playoffs will be competitive as well. And numerous sides can still get in that. So it's been a good division this year. It looks like Snodland, the other side, is going to go ahead and do it. Yeah, fixtures in that division this weekend.
0: Bryan Ropes against Lewisham, Burrits, Strike Strikeforce Homes, AFC Whiteley. Forest Hill Park against Meridian VP, Larkfield New Hyde take on Lid Town, it's Rochester United against FC Elmstead, SC Thamesmead against Snodland, Staples Monarchs against Croydon, Tooting Beck against Greenways, only one game in midweek next week, it's Tooting Beck against Snodland Town, so Snodland could move a step closer uh, next big Wednesday have we, uh, Big night. game
3: Larkfield would be, be Lid as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, interesting. Yeah, again, we are getting to that exciting part John now really that the the season's getting to its end and we're going to see certain sides blow up and certain sides move into the uh, equation so definitely by this time in two weeks after the Easter bank holiday holiday, we'll know a lot more of what's going on
0: it's exciting when you start seeing the teams getting promoted and relegated isn't it yeah I mean obviously if you get relegated it's not exciting to actually be relegated but you know you just get that little bit of that buzz and stuff and and you know, working out when, teams, when things can happen, everything like that. So it's exciting to see. And that just leaves us with the Isthmian League Premier Division, uh, where on Saturday uh, it was Cray Wanderers 5, Horsham 3, four points outside the playoffs now uh, are Cray Wanderers with what, those five games left to play. Uh, Margate had a brilliant result on Saturday. There were 3-2 winners at Hornchurch. Uh, Folks in the Victor, though, were beaten 3-1 at Bowers and Pitsy, And Herne Bay missed a chance to move out of the bottom four as they were beaten 3-1 at home by Enfield Town. Uh, we're hoping to get a couple of managers from uh, that division on the show this week. Didn't quite materialise, but they both promised they're going to be on next week. So fingers crossed, Matt. Uh, in the meantime, uh, for the for those teams this weekend, Folkestone against Kingstonian, Cray Wanderers travel travelled to Enfield. That's fifth against sixth. I would describe that one as a six-pointer. Herne Bay are away to Hastings, and Margate are at home to Lewis. Um we said last week, Matt, five, four from five at the bottom there. Kingstonian imploding a bit off the pitch with supporters uh, not happy and withdrawing offers of funding and everything. Herne Bay have got to hope that they can pick up some points and that Kingstonian keep on losing. So they'll be hoping, uh, even if they don't get a result at Hastings on Saturday, for a favour down the road at the Footix.
3: Yeah, I, I think Herne Bay have got some tough games to play, uh, but they're still in the hunt. Um as you mentioned about kingstonian having um few issues yeah they they'll be hoping that folks who basically i know math- nearly enough mathematically they can't get in the playoffs as well so yeah they'll be hoping for that big game for cray against enfield really cray lose that it's going to be difficult for to go um to get in there there'll be what seven points out of it be tough so that that's a, i think cray at enfield you know I, i've got a lot of faith in uh Neil Smith, if they can get a result there, it'll be a a great achievement and Craig can look for the playoffs. But another exciting division, not as many Kent sides at the top end of the table, John, but it's been another exciting division in this one as well. Very competitive. Well, that's it for the football
0: chat then, Matt. uh, As you say, very, very interesting uh, weekend ahead. And I think we all know that the Easter weekend when there's two lots of pictures is going to be absolutely huge um so not to say that next week's show is not going to be really good but i reckon a fortnight's time will be absolutely superb because we will be st- starting to speak to people uh who have enjoyed promotion and relegation or endured relegation uh so i, I think it would be interesting to see uh how it's all going to play out uh, weather's filthy again isn't it? it's taking a right turn
3: yes yeah, it's not it's not it's been cold as well so uh um quite nice today though but uh, yeah the rain's pouring down a little bit so um Yeah, hopefully it improved because I need to mow the lawn one more time because I've mowed it once, but you could do it going uh, from there. Because I do get 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 out in the garden, John. You see, I like the garden in the summer.
0: As you know, I don't have a garden, so uh, and I I always said that uh, mowing the lawn was absolutely, by a long way, my least favourite household task, and I stand by that um but you never know what's going to happen uh, going forward there may be lawns in my life again who knows uh what's going to happen going forward but um yeah i've not been watching too much uh on the t- i've not been up to much really i had a nice day off on sunday actually went out for a nice meal uh which was very pleasant lovely company uh worked on saturday yeah just been working really and uh getting ready for for
3: uh, another busy weekend, I suppose, man.
0: Yeah. And, and D- Dartford for you on Saturday as
3: well. Yeah, yeah looking Thompson. forward to that. Yeah, it's been a it's been a difficult uh, few days here for other reasons I won't go into. But um, bit of football at the weekend will you know take our mind off a few things. But yeah, so on the telly front again, have you have you seen this week's episode of Ted Lasso? Of course. Um, are you a Jamie Tart or are you a Zava fan? <laughs> I feel I am more Jamie Tart, I think.
0: Yeah, I think I think because they built Jamie Tart up to be an absolute monster in the first series, but actually yeah. it's quite nice. But obviously Zava isn't at all based at all on Zlatan Ibrahimovic, yeah. is it? Um no. but I mean I did laugh when he when he uh and this isn't too much of a We nicked that goal off him, it was funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. So yeah, that's so we that again. Um Daisy and the six, I've watched him again finish that. Really would recommend that. And I've even downloaded the music on Amazon, which I quite like some of the songs in there. Um, and that's about it, really. Yeah, John, we've had issues, so um, it's, uh, yeah, sad times, but we'll, we'll, we'll get through that.
0: Yeah. Um. Of course you will, because we can't have to get through these things, don't you? Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it's yeah, it's it's just really tough. And you know, when you see things as well, and and obviously really sad. Actually, a resident of Kent, he probably never listened to the Kent Only podcast, but awfully sad news about
3: Paul O'Grady. Yeah, he? yeah. He loved it. That dog, that dog show he did was really good, really sweet. We used to like watching that. So, he yeah, really sad time for him. So, yeah, and he was, he bigged up our county, didn't he? I think he was, uh, he lived in Adlington, wasn't it? Ashford Way. So, but he was a, a prominent um, player of making Kent, uh, uh, you know, uh, bigging up Kent everywhere he went. So, yeah, really sad news on that this this week as well.
0: Yeah, it, it really was. Um, I don't think I've been watching anything on the telly. So, I watched uh ted this morning uh and you still need to watch shrinking mate that is up there yes with him. it's on my list um I, I didn't mention this actually last week but um the great british bake-off the celebrity ones are back um and there, there's been two so far uh the first week had david swimmer uh ross from friends on it and that guy is a mega star uh, you know when i saw that he was on the, gonna be on the show i was like that is a really great booking but you know what he was the nicest most down-to-earth brilliant contestant they've ever had um so if you if you've got an hour and a half to spare i'd really recommend that you seek out the great british bake-off uh stand up to cancer special uh with david swimmer on it because he was just such a nice bloke uh the second episode which i actually watched this afternoon had um towieite uh gemma collins on it and and an interesting one, this, and and you know what? I, I I don't like to to criticize people, but she does a lot of television programs that I watch, and every single time I watch them, I think I wonder if this will be the one where she's not an idiot, and I can guarantee you that the Great British Bake Off was not the one where she decided uh. to be an idiot, and and you know, and it's. It's a tiresome act, really, and I wish i would stop booking her for stuff now because it's just like, yeah, all right, we get it. Yeah, you can, you you're, you, you want to play the thicko, and by all accounts, it's a character that she's playing. Uh, I don't think anyone can actually be that uh, unself-aware as she is. And I actually did see her once uh, in a card shop in Maidstone. Uh, I had um, no idea who she was, um, but I was in the card shop. Clinton's cards. I don't know if it was Clinton's or if it was the. Uh, it might have been Birthdays or or, or, oh, right. or, or card factory. Five card shop. It was one of those. Um, and I didn't have a clue who she was. And she was kind of walking around with a big air about her. And someone, my mum was outside the shop. And she said, oh, that was someone off the telly. And I went, was it? And she said, yeah, she's off the only way is Essex. And I was like, no idea. But I said, well, what's her name? And she said it was it was her. But um, right.
3: Have you seen anyone yeah. more famous at your workplace recently?
0: Uh, a couple of uh, former Premier League footballers uh, last week. Can uh, you name them? Ah, uh, I'm happy to name them. Yeah, uh, Danny Mills held the door open for Danny Mills, uh, and then Tim Sherwood. Oh, interesting. Yeah.
3: Um, did, and I did, did they oh, do they did they look like a play still? Tony I couldn't imagine. believe, actually,
0: when later on I was looking something else up related to Tim Sherwood. He's 54. He looked good for it. Uh, <laughs> you know, he looked good for it. And there was also, uh, walking around the office uh, yesterday, uh, someone from Love Island uh, from last summer. Uh, I won't tell you who it was because I don't think anyone would care. But I was just like, he was walking around like, like with an entourage. And I was like, who is that bloke? And I kind of just caught a glimpse of him. I was like, I'm sure that's the bloke off Love Island. So I went and Googled it. And uh, it was the bloke off Love Island. So yeah, I'm, I'm hobnobbing with all the celebrities, mate. In
3: my uh, in, in my new job, it's great. All oh, right. So would you ask any if would you ask any celebrity if you're allowed to for a selfie or an autograph if they could come in? Would Would you allowed to do that? If it's like if Usain Bolt turned up, would you say excuse me, Usain, can I have a picture? Would you be um, allowed I think to do that?
0: Pe- well, people have done. When Tyson Fury was in the office, I think a few people got pictures with him or near him or close to him. Um, <laughs>
3: I don't know, Is really. there anybody you'd like to see? Wow, yeah, I'll have a picture thing with him. Them. With them. Do you know what?
0: If uh, Matt Gerard from the Kentonley podcast turned up That's, at the office, I'd have a picture with him. Yeah,
3: boom. Well, I wouldn't yeah. say boom. Yeah, no. I wouldn't come with an entourage though. I might come do. with a rosette if the dog had won. Yeah, well, yeah, Into my chest. You'll be in the paper, won't you?
0: Yeah, oh yeah, I'll be
3: there. Look at it, yeah. Yes. or
0: it will be massacre at the dog show one of the two yeah, exactly. who exactly. knows what's going to happen exactly. anyway we have spoken for far far too long uh on this week's show um but i think, I think it's been a good one I actually quite enjoyed it we've had plenty of laughs um and we're all uh team latchy as she gets ready for her intensive training course yeah. uh hopefully matt Jarrett will be able to make time uh to join us next week on the show uh unless the dog's outside doing laps stretches i don't yes, know exactly yeah. go go uh, go Anyway, you can find us on social media, uh, on Kent NL Podcast on Twitter. Find us on Facebook, search for Kent Nonny Podcast. Also search for Kent Nonny Football Chat. Uh, and get involved in there. We've got nearly 300 members in that group. Uh, so it's always good to hear uh, bits and pieces from there. Um, Thank you to both of our guests for their time this week. Really, really enjoyed both those interviews and uh, it was very good of them to to make time in their schedules to to chat to us. Uh, well done, everybody, for a very successful uh, non-league day last weekend and good luck to everybody this weekend in some big old games as we head towards uh, the climax of another season. Uh, in the meantime, thank you, everybody, for listening and we'll speak to you all next week on the Kentonley podcast.
3: I wonder what's going to go viral this weekend. Dover reporters' dog, Mames 6.